How's everybody doing? <laughs> we have people, I'm sure, visiting for a water baptism, and you're like, we don't scream in church. Well, hey, welcome to South Point. Um, I'm glad you guys are here. We're going to baptize some people here in a little bit. We baptized, I believe it was five in first service, and we're doing, I believe, 25 in second service. Holy cow, holy cow. God is up to something pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, hey, let me just say this. My name's Craig. If it's your first time here today, my name's Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church. Will you guys do me a favor? There's a lot of people watching on Church Online platform, Utah. We put your hands together and help me welcome them. We are glad you guys are with us. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being with us. Or maybe you're watching on our brand new Roku channel. What? All kinds of cool stuff. Okay, so we start, we're going to baptize in, in a minute, all right? Um, so if it's your first time here today, just, uh, yeah, you got to listen to me first. <laughs> um, we start a brand new series today, and it, here's what it's going to be. It's going to be a little bit different. It'll still be entertaining, and it'll still be um, good, I hope. But it's, we're doing a book study of Ephesians. So we're going to be going through the book of Ephesians, chapter by chapter. And Ephesians is all about our identity in Christ. And the enemy tries to steal it, thus theft, Right? He tries to steal our identity, and yet Jesus is like, no, no, you have an identity in me. Stick with that. And so the Apostle Paul wrote this book. Um, it could be called an epistle or a letter. All right, He wrote it while he was in jail in Rome, and he wrote it to the Ephesian church and the churches there around for this reason. He, he wrote it so that they would understand who they were because if they can understand who their identity is, they need to hold on to that because they're living for Jesus Christ in a crazy, messed up culture that constantly wants to tear them down. I think it might be a little apropos for today's society, don't you think? Um, see, we need to know who we are in Christ because the truth of the matter is we're, we're going to look at the Bible. We're going to go chapter by chapter. And honestly, a lot of stuff that we believe and live out today, especially if you grew up in the church. If you grew up in the church, you've been in church world for a long time, a lot of what we believe and a lot of what we say is based on church tradition rather than the Scripture. And so I always have this thing. It's like, hey, let's go back to the Bible and see what it says. I think that'd be great. And so during the series, um, give you a couple challenges here, just right off the bat. First one is, if you, you need to be a note taker. Take these notes. The binders out there in the lobby are free. Grab one. You don't have to wait in line for one. Like if the lady at the reception desk out there is not paying attention, just go around her and just grab one, okay? You ain't going to die or nothing. They're totally free. But start taking notes. This is a great day to start taking notes. Book of Ephesians. I mean, come on. So do that. And then here's the second thing. I'm, I want challenge, I don't know, I want all of us to read the book of Ephesians together, all right? So tomorrow, let's all read Ephesians chapter 1. Tuesday, let's all read Ephesians chapter 1. Wednesday, let's all read Ephesians chapter 1. Thursday, let's all read Ephesians chapter... You're catching on. Friday, wait for it, Friday, let's all read Ephesians chapter 1. Okay, and then we're, I, the redundancy will be amazing, it really will. And I just ask that you read a different, every day, read it in a different translation, okay? See what God says to you. You say, well, I ain't got time for that, sweetheart. 
sweetheart, it will take you approximately three minutes to read a, the first chapter of Ephesians, okay? So you can do it. You can even do it while you're driving. Let's be honest. You shouldn't do, you shouldn't do that. Girl, you text and drive. You put on makeup and drive. I've seen you. Might as well read the Bible and drive. Pastor said to do it. Whatever. Anyway, let's do this. And to make it even easier on you, to make it even easier on you, hey, download our app and every single day on the South Point Church app, at the very top, you'll be a little Bible thing. You can click on that and it will be the first chapter of Ephesians, of course, accordingly, um, with a different translation every single day. So it's just, we're trying to make it easy on you. I really believe, y'all, if we will all read the Bible, we can learn and grow. And one of our things here is we are lifelong learners, okay? So can we all do that together? Like, I think half of us. Again, this section is always just the quietest. I don't know. Anyway, all right, so are you ready to dive into this? Let's look at the book of Ephesians. Um, there's some basic information there in your notes that if you want to look at, it was written in AD 60. Apostle Paul wrote it while he was in jail. And um, there's the purpose of Ephesians right there to ground, shape, and challenge believers. Now, he wrote this. Here's the deal. He wrote the book of Ephesians to the church, this New Testament quasi-church who didn't know who they were. And I think that's one of the epidemics that's in our country right now is we have this thing called insecurity. And there are so many people insecure. In fact, I'm going to take a quick poll. Yep, 100% of the people in this room are struggling with insecurity. Even people that you look at that you think, oh, they're a sharp business guy. I emulate them. I want to be like them. You pull that guy, sharp business guy, whatever, behind the curtain, you know, and like talk to him like for real, he's going to be just as insecure as you are. Just as insecure as I am. And so we struggle with that. And to make it, and one of the reasons it's so bad is because you jump on Facebook or, or social media and you've got a million people telling you how you should act, what you should wear, what looks good, who's cool, what you should be watching, all of that stuff. Okay, so take that completely out of the equation for a second. Just look at church world. Let's, let's say you got this person that doesn't know anything about the Bible, never read the Bible, didn't know, doesn't know anything about God, nothing about Jesus, and then they get saved, okay? Like they say the prayer, right? They get saved, and now they're looking for a church. And to this unchurched person, they're going to think, well, they're all Christians, so all churches are the same, right? So what do they choose? You talk about being insecure, trying to find your identity. Do you choose Baptist? I don't know. How about Presbyterian, Methodist, or maybe you like to exercise and you want to do leg day, so you're going to go to Catholic church. Up, down, up, down. It's always leg day on Sunday. <laughs> or you skip all that and just go straight up non-denominational. Whatever the case is, we, you know, there's so many different types of churches, even under the umbrella of Christianity. Uh, a few years ago, my son Noah, okay, my son Noah, he's on, he only knows South Point. This is the only church he's ever been to. He, he was, we planted this church when he was a toddler, and so now he's 16, almost 17. And uh, a few years ago, one of his friends invited him to go to church with him uh, to a Southern Baptist church here in this area. And easy, everyone. And, and, it, and it's totally cool. And so Patty and I talked, and we were like, you know, Noah really only knows South Point, this is all he knows. I think it would be good for him to know what's out there. So he said, sure, buddy, go for it. And so he comes down the stairs Sunday morning, boop, 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 wearing shorts and a T-shirt. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to church. He said, I said, not wearing that, you ain't. 
He said, this is what I normally wear to church. I said, you ain't going to South Point, bro. Back upstairs, khakis, dress shirt, and tuck that bad boy in. And he's like, tuck it in? Are you serious? I'm like, yep. He was dressed appropriately. So anyway, so he goes, he comes back. He comes into the house with his bulletin. I love it. He walks into the kitchen. He's like, hey, Dad. I said, hey, buddy, how was church? He said, it was fine. I went, I need a little more than that. Um, how was it? He said, it was fine. I was like, Okay, Noah, I don't get to go to different churches very often, so I'm really relying on you. Tell me, I'll make it easier on you. Tell me some, some things that are different about that church than what you're used to at South Point. He went, uh, okay, all right. One thing, in the sanctuary, they leave the lights on, all the lights on, all the time. Even during singing, it's so bright, it's just awkward looking at each other. I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's one thing. He goes, and it wasn't very loud either. South Point's loud, did you know that? I said, yeah, that's on purpose, so nobody has to listen to me sing. That's why it's so loud, if you want to know why it's so loud. I'm just like, and I said, I said, okay, what else? He said, well, I'm glad I didn't get saved there. I don't think I would have gotten saved there. I'm like, crazy man say, what? I said, why? What's going on? He said, well, preacher was fine. He wasn't as funny as you. I'm like, I'll still give you your allowance. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. He said, he, said, um, he wasn't as funny, but it was fine. But then after the message, he, he asked if you wanted to get saved. You had to come down front, in front of everybody, with all the lights on. He said, I wouldn't do that. And then, Dad, and then after you came down front, a couple people went down front. They take them over into this back room. What do they do to them in there? And I said, that's where they do circumcision. Okay, okay that's all true except for that last part, but it sure is funny, right? <laughs> Okay, so there's all these different mindsets when it comes to church and trying to find your identity and insecure. It's just crazy. So you need to understand the platform that the Apostle Paul is delivering the book of Ephesians. There was two groups of people. There were Jews and Gentiles, okay? And so the Jewish people, when they went to church, what they're coming out of, they identified with, hey, every, every time we come to church, we're doing animal sacrifice. Something be dying. Never a cat. Why? Because cats aren't in the Bible because they're in hell. All right, so the cat, so they had animal sacrifice, and they had to obey over 600 specific rules. Wow. And then the Gentiles, and just so if you're new to the Bible, Gentile is not a race of people. Gentile means everybody, all races except for Jews, okay? So that's just, that just helps you out. That's just the way that they classified it back then. All right, whatever. Um, so you had the Jewish people, animal sacrifice, over 600 rules. And then you had the Gentiles, all these different people, and they went to church too. They served different gods. There was a pantheon of gods, all different. And their services looked different, right? They had, in some of their temples, they did child sacrifice. If you, if you followed Molech, you sacrificed children. Wow. Um, some of the temples had uh, temple prostitution, heterosexual and homosexual prostitution. Some temples even had pedophilia. So just some crazy, messed up, out-of-the-ballpark stuff, right? So these people have all of this going on in their mind, and now, you're, now they're saying, we're giving all that up, and we're going to follow this guy named Jesus. What, is that even, what does that even look like? And so the, Paul writes the book of Ephesians, which of all the prison letters is the most foundational theological book that he wrote from, the, from prison, okay? So that's where we are. So, and he gives us the theme for this first chapter that we're going to go through. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. This is the theme for today. 
It's in Christ that we find out, and this is important stuff, you can underline this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are, what's our identity, and what are we living for, what are we doing, what's the plan. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, and that's the third one, for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. So fill in the blank, here's the first one. We're gonna find out who we are, who we are. And the Apostle Paul starts out in verse two, just telling us who he's writing this book to and who we are. Check this out, Ephesians chapter one, verse two, he says, I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. Now, if, you just, if you're just reading the Bible, you might read over that, but can I tell you something? The people back then, the Jews and the Gentiles, they would not have read over that. They would have been like, made holy? Crack a say, what? I mean, it would have just blew their minds because they weren't made or given anything. Both Jews and Gentiles, pick your tabernacle, pick your priest, whatever's going on. Here's the deal. They, they had to, the reason they went was to earn their way into the good graces of their God, capital G, small g. They, they, they had to earn it. And now we think, right now you might be like, them crazy pagans, they don't know what they're doing. Earn stuff. But how many know right now in the church, capital C church, in the United States church, we have a lot of mindsets where we have to earn our way into God. We have to earn our way into salvation. You say, no, that's not true. We're saved by grace and not by works, lest any man should boast. That's in Romans, by the way. Aren't you impressed? Anyway, I got, I'm saved by grace, not by works. However, we also believe and teach some, I mean, we shouldn't, but we believe and teach. Oh, to get saved, you have to say the right prayer and use the right words for it to work. I had somebody tell me one time, they, they had a friend that wanted to, be, wanted to meet Jesus, wanted to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and they came to me and said, hey, can you pray with them to get saved? I said, no, why would I do that? They, they looked at me, because you're the pastor. I said, but they're your friend, you go pray with them. She said, well, I might do it wrong, I don't know all the words. I'm like, I didn't know there were the right words. She said, well, the salvation prayer that's in the Bible. I said, there's not one. Did you know that? So you're just, right? There's nowhere in the New Testament where it says, if someone wants to be saved, led to Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, repeat after me. It's not there. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. It says, if you just believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ came back from the dead on the third day, and you confess with your mouth, Jesus, you will be saved. There ain't, no, there ain't no specific, so it's not earning your way. Jesus already did everything. All you got to do is believe. And then we'll say, okay, that's how you get saved. And then the other one is, how do you stay saved? Oh, how do I stay saved? Well, you better act right. <laughs> what do you mean, how are you going to stay saved? You better, and here's what we teach. Not we being us, but you, here's, what, here's what capital C Church teaches. Here's what you do. To stay saved, you need to get rid of all your big sins that are the most offensive. The little ones you can work on the rest of your life. But the big ones, you got to get rid of those. And here's the big ones that we always say that are the big ones for me. It's the ones that offend me the most that other people are doing. Come on, you can snicker. Because it's true. The biggest sins in the world are the ones that we're not doing, but they are. And then we compare. The funny thing is, nowhere in the Bible does it say one sin is greater than the other. There are consequences that are greater and lesser, but the sins are all equal. And so we throw stones at other people that are offending us. Can I just, okay, 
I'm going to sit down for this one. I messed everybody up in first service. I'm going to mess you up too. Okay, so I'm an equal opportunity offender. You all just sit there. Um, we see things that really offend us or upset us, certain sins that mess with us, and we struggle with their, salv- with their salvation. Like you see, here's a, here's a big hot topic. Here's a hot button that'll just make everybody go, oh, he said that in church, okay? Um, homosexuality. Throw stones at it. Oh, struggle. Look, they're living that lifestyle. It's a sin. It's wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. It's, it, I can show you several scriptures where it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to do about it? Last time I checked, I'm not God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to do a whole lot about it. But what are you going to do about your gossip problem? I don't have a gossip problem. Well, you're talking about them. Obviously, you do. Well, somebody needs to do something. What if, instead of throwing stones and judging, what if we do what Jesus told us to do and we just love? What if we just love? What if we stop trying to fix everybody else's sin? I'm lighting your apple cart on fire, aren't I? He done kicked the tires off, Pastor. Right. Just love, just love, just love, just love, just love, just love. And so here's what he said. He said this in verse, in verse 2. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy. Have, have been made holy. Here, fill in the blank. Holy is not a status to be earned, but a gift to be applied. So then our response, understand this, when you come to Jesus and say, I need you, and he's like, I'm in, and so you are made holy. That's what it says. You are made holy. Your response, now watch this, your response to being made holy is to choose to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. Does that make sense? He makes you holy. He puts you in a position where you are free from sin, so now I can make a choice to not. That's that's really good stuff. Okay, okay, we'll just move on. Here's the second one. Y'all still with me? Okay, are we having fun yet? Are you mad at me yet? I got more time. All right, okay, okay. Here's the second one. What are we living for? So not only um, who are we, what's our identity? Well, I've been made holy. I'm a holy, devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Now, what am I, why am I even alive? A lot of people ask the question, I wish I knew what God's plan was for my life. I, I just want to step into God's plan for my life. Did you know it's in Ephesians? If you were ever wondering, I'm going to give you two plans that God has for you. One of them is a big view, and one of them is a micro view of you. Here you go. You ready for this? God, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. So God has a plan, and let me just tell you something. We're going to read this in a minute, but whatever plan God has, God's going to succeed at it because he's God. Right? I mean, Okay, I mean, that's that. I know that's elementary, but it really pays it. You got to pay attention to that. Okay, he, to fulfill, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And here's the plan. I love it that he writes it out for stupid people like me, right? Okay, hey, Craig, hey, dummy, here's the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Okay, 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 okay. So, 
God's plan is to bring a unity to heaven and earth, and God's plan always succeeds. So right now, we are in the process of heading towards this unity between heaven and earth. And we struggle with that because we see things right now in our day that might not be in unity with heaven, and we struggle with that. Let me tell you something. Believe it or not, I know you're not going to hear this on CNN or Fox or anything, but globally, things are way better today than they were in the 1800s. I know, some of you are like, yo, it's gloom and doom, we're all going to burn. Can I tell you something? More people are being saved than ever before. The kingdom of God is advancing globally. If we'll just stop looking at our own little country and realize God created the whole world, not just Mississippi, you're going to realize that things are good. And God is doing an amazing, amazing work. And, but where we struggle is we see things. Any, anytime you see um, anger and violence and disease and pestilence and, and uh, discrimination and prejudice and all of those things, those are areas on this earth that is not in unity with heaven because those things are not going to be in heaven. Are you, are you all tracking with me? And so those areas, we see them and we're like, well, I don't like that. Right, because it's not in unity with heaven and we are part of the kingdom of God. Our identity is in Christ. So when we see those areas, our job, the reason we're here, is to step into it and bring the kingdom of God to those areas, not just ignore them and do nothing. Well, pastor, I don't know about that. I'm a mechanic. I don't think I can bring world peace. Who do you think I am, Jimmy Carter? He couldn't do it either. I just, I just don't know, Pastor. I just don't know. Listen, you have the power. You don't really look at this. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5:20 says this: "We are ambassadors of the Anointed One." That's Jesus Christ, by the way. We are ambassadors of the Anointed One who carry the message of Christ to the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. We are ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is. Listen, there is no ambassador right now sitting in a foreign country waiting to be evacuated. You say, well, what if there's a war going on? No, no, listen. There's no ambassador right now just in this world that has been given all the gifts, all the money, all the situation, all the support, all the military, all that stuff, and then get there and sit there and go... I wonder when they're going to evacuate me out. No, what they're doing is they're saying, I'm here to make a difference in this country because I'm supported by that country. And right now, Jesus is saying, listen, you're in this country, but you're supported by that country, and you have more support behind you than you ever could have dreamed. So why are you waiting on the rapture to take the first ship out of here? I've given you a job to do while you're here. And we spend more time struggling. Are you, are you pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib? Who gives a trib? No matter what you believe in that, did you know you're not going to change it? Come on. But you got to look at me like I've lost my mind. I have. That has nothing to do with this. We're here to make a difference. We're here to work in the kingdom of God and advance the kingdom of God in this kingdom. So the areas God's plan is for there to be unity between heaven and earth, and our job is to be ambassadors and agents of change that make it happen. You say, you see, you're, right now, I can hear you. You're thinking the exact same thing that the people at Church of Ephesus are thinking. And the Apostle Paul heard of You're thinking, my, I don't think I can do that. That's a pretty big ask. I mean, shazam. I, man, I tell you what, I change tires for a living. I, ain't, I can't bring no, 
What'd you say? Unity? I just don't even know. And, and they said the same thing back then. So the very next verse, this is what the Apostle Paul says. I love it. It's like he heard all of us saying, that's too big of a thing. Verse 11, he says, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. And man, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, underline this part. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God. Come on, the plan of God is to bring unity between heaven and earth. We just read that two verses earlier. Before you were ever born, we had destinies that he created. Okay, so it's like this. Let's, let's say, uh, for sake of, doesn't really relate, let's just say God is outside of time. Okay, I, I have a different view on that, but let's look at the entire timeline. And he's seeing the plan that he's laid out, and he knows earth to be in unity. That's his plan, right? And so he has destinies that get humanity from one other end. And so he's got these destinies or these track pieces, and then he says this, he carry the destiny to lay the track to get to fulfill my plan. So what does he say? You say, what does that all mean? It means it doesn't matter what you do for a living. You are part of God's plan. He has a destiny that he's placed in you, and that destiny helps move the kingdom of God closer and closer to us and us to it and it to humanity. God thinks, think about this like this. God up there in, in, in the great sky, God was thinking, holy moly or holy me, right? <laughs> Some of you got that. Some of you on the way home be like, what did he mean by, oh, I see what he did there. All right. God's up there, and he's like, listen, I see that in 2020, there's going to be a horrible pandemic that the enemy has done, blah, 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 whatever your opinion on that is, just bear with me, okay? So there's a pandemic. So I need my destinies there, so I need to create people who are strong enough to carry this destiny through one of the most difficult times of humanity. I need people that are going to have the right attitude in Jesus Christ. I need people that are going to have the attitude of Christ, and that's their identity. They're not going to argue over silly mandates. They're just going to stand in faith and grace and peace and joy and advance the kingdom of God, even through the darkest times. You were created for a purpose, and I am so glad. I hope you're as glad as I am. I am so glad that you and I are alive today because God saw something and put something in us that's greater than anything else that's going on around us. Live in that. That's your identity. Don't shrink back in fear. Step forward in faith and strength and recognize that you are awesome. Look at your person next to you. Even if you're married to him, even if you don't believe this, just look at him and say, you are awesome. Listen, if you're married, that'll get you further than you think. Come on, enjoy. Thank your pastor later. You guys are awesome. He put destinies in you that we need today, that we need today. And you say, well, how does that even work? Here's how it works. Because you're looking at your life like this, and God saying, no, no, look at this. If you will just do a, what if, what if you just do a little act of kindness in Olive Branch tomorrow? Somebody, we'll say this section, does an act of kindness or shows somebody some love in Olive Branch tomorrow. And let's say three or four people, man, you're throwing out kindness, love, joy, peace in South Haven. Y'all got Horn Lake, sorry. So you guys, <laughs> let's say 50 of you throughout love and kindness and peace. The Apostle Paul said in Romans, he said, the kingdom of God, it's not about stuff. It's peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So let's say you guys tomorrow in Horn Lake are throwing out peace, righteousness, and joy. Right? So what does that do? You're only seeing one act of kindness of putting somebody else's shopping cart up for them. But what God sees is an army advancing the key thing else. 
You can do it. All you got to do is what's in front of the destiny in you. Okay, let's move on, Craig. You've run this into the ground. All right, Ephesians chapter 1. And not, okay, not only that, he promises it too. He promises it'll work. Ephesians chapter 1. He's given to us like an first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all redemption's promises. What's that? That's the kingdom of God. And experience complete freedom. What is that? The kingdom of God. All for the supreme glory and honor of God. Spirit is our engagement ring, and then there's this whole analogy of we are the bride of Christ, and we marry Jesus Christ, and there's a marriage supper of the Lamb. We do win, reminding the church of Ephesus, hey, don't get sidetracked with all this stuff. Hey, hey, hey. Somebody's not paying attention. That's what Paul's doing, right? Hey, hey, hey. You're, you're looking at all this stuff. Hey, hey, you're focused. Hey, 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 you're focused on CNN. What are, what are you doing? Hey, hey. News? That's what you're addicted to? How about you get addicted to my word? How about you get addicted to my spirit? Hey, hey, hey. The reason you're lacking peace is because you're walking in the wrong kingdom. You're not walking in the kingdom of God. Hey, come on. And that's what Paul's doing. And he says this. There's some stuff there in Galatians 5 about the Holy Spirit. But he says this. He says it's a process. Okay? Watch this. This, this life, this third one, you can fill in the blank. Glorious life in process. And he starts out this next verse in verse 15 with because of this. I think King James says, therefore. And the there is therefore, right? We've already talked about the therefore. Because of all this, the Apostle Paul says, listen, because you have an identity, you are holy in Jesus Christ. You are a devoted follower of Christ. Because of that, because you have the promised Holy Spirit, here's what's next. This process life. Since I first, because of this, since I first, be really elementary, but you need to understand this. We pray for things that we want and need the things that he has given us. We praise him for giving to us. So we don't have. We pray. The Apostle Paul says, I'm going to pray this for you because even though you're holy, even though you're a devoted follower of Christ, even though you have the promised Holy Spirit, you still lack in some areas. And look, and this is a prayer for us. Man, when you read this this week, hold this, pray this prayer over yourself, pray it over you. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus, you, Deepening intimacy with him. Deepening in learned over the years. I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And I've learned this. You might there's always more to God. And anytime you start questioning God or struggling in it, I've discovered that most of the time in my life, those areas are thresholds to new levels of intimacy. What I'm doing is I'm le- right, I'm leaning into the Lord. Intimacy with him. That's that's free. Okay. You are the only creature on the and he gave it, he blessed us with it. We even had no more crime. What? Hernando Hilton was turned into a bed and breakfast. That's, imagine with me, if you will, if, if you took an old worship Jesus Christ and lift up holy hands to him, imagine if they're... And understand and start to grasp. But at the end of verse 19, he says this, then your lives will be an advertisement of his immense power as it works through you.